Good morning and happy um, Friday. I almost had to think about it for a second, but I'm here with you, so it must be Friday. Um, we are going to be in Ecclesiastes 6, 1 through 12. Um, but then before we do that, I have a couple announcements for us today. Um, the first announcement is that we have First Communion classes beginning on Sundays for the next three Sundays starting this Sunday. Um, during the Bible study hours. So if you guys are interested for um, yourself, if you have questions about First Communion, if you haven't taken First Communion yet or the Lord's Supper yet, um, we would love to have you there. Or if you're interested for your kids or grandkids who are fifth in the fifth grade or older, um, we'd love to have you join us for that. <clears throat> the next, um, that's going to begin this Sunday during Bible study hour. And then the next couple announcements, we have Lent going on. We're in the Lenten season. Um, so join us at San Marcos on Tuesdays or Escondido on Wednesdays, both beginning at 5.30 for um, CLC Together and then soup dinners. The study and the services start at 7. <coughs> and then my last announcement is going to be about the Easter egg hunt on Saturday March 23rd, we are officially in March now, so later this month, March 23rd, at 9.30 at the Escondido campus, we are going to do an Easter egg hunt for all ages up till fifth grade. Um, if you are, if you have people who are fifth or sixth grade and older, they can come and, and be one of our helpers, um, help lead the hunt, do crafts, um, some fun things like that. So, that's, that's going to be happening. We'd love to have you participate. If you would love to um, volunteer, uh, please email me or call me, text me, and let me know that you'd like to be a part of it. Um, and if you would like to help out with any candy donations, um, please make sure that they're individually wrapped. It's okay if they're a little bit bigger. It's okay if we have some lollipops because we're not gonna be stuffing um, the eggs. We're gonna be doing what we did last year with um, kind of a goodie table, so it'll be very exciting. All right, that's all I have for devotions or announcements. Sorry, I um, sound a little bad. I'm, I have a bit of a cold, so um, just ignore all that, and if I cough, please ignore it, and then we can get into our devotion. All right, let's pray. <coughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for um, bringing us here to be in your word, to go through the scriptures. Um, please guard our hearts and be with us as we um, learn more and be reminded of your goodness and your grace, even when life is hard. Um, in your name we pray. Amen. All right, let's read Ecclesiastes 6, 1 through 12. This is a smaller chunk Um a little bit larger, but let's read it and then talk through it. There is an evil that I have seen under the sun, and it lies heavy on mankind, a man to whom God gives wealth, possessions, and honor, so that he lacks nothing of all that he desires. Yet God does not give him power to enjoy them, but a stranger enjoys them. This is vanity. It is a grievous evil. If a man fathers a hundred children and lives many years so that the days of his life are many, but his soul is not satisfied with life's good things, and he also has no burial, I say that a stillborn child is better off than he. 
for it comes in vanity and goes in darkness, and in darkness its name is covered. Moreover, it has not seen the sun or known anything, yet it finds rest rather than he. Even though he should live a thousand years twice over, yet enjoy no good, do not all go to, go to the one place. All the toil of man is for his mouth, yet his appetite is not satisfied. For what advantage has the wise man over the fool? And what does the poor man have who knows, who, who knows how to conduct himself before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the appetite. This also is vanity and a striving after wind. Whatever has come to be has already been named. And it is known <clears throat> what man is, that he is not able to dispute with one stronger than he. The more words, the more vanity. And what is the advantage to man? For who knows what is good for man while he lives the few days of his vain life? which he passes like a shadow for who can tell what man will be after him under the sun. All right. Um, this is a kind of a tough text. I think um, it's not the most joyful, I would say. Um, and that is part of life. I mean, there's going to be times in life that I'm sure all of us, and if you haven't yet, uh, there's a warning. Um, all of us have experienced that there's going to be um, times where we experience, in a sense, this evil that Solomon's talking about. Um, that there's an evil that weighs heavy on us, that weighs heavy on mankind. And to paraphrase and to um, say what he's saying, it's not just comparison but it's, it's um, not contentment. It's not seeing all the things that we have and being thankful for what we have. It's seeing the things that we lack and the things that we desire and to, to want those, to desire them, um, to not be thankful for what we have. Um, Solomon gets into this, this evil that weighs heavy on mankind. Um, and we would say it's an evil um, because it's something that God doesn't want for us. It's something that God doesn't have planned for us. He In, in the perfect world, um, before sin entered, we shouldn't have no lack. We shouldn't have these desires of the things that we don't have, but instead be thankful for everything that we have because everything that we have is a gift. But right now, Solomon is saying that here under the sun, here earth side, not heaven side, we struggle with this. It feels as if life is meaningless. It feels as if, as if life is not good enough. Um, and, he's, and he's getting into the area about the person who lives a thousand years and those who um, are, are stillborn. He is saying that, that maybe he's trying to see um, a more positive light to it. Um, and this is, I think, really hard to struggle with and wrestle with. But he's saying that it's, um, it's better for the, the child um, who didn't even make it because we have people who are struggling with the weight of sin, struggling with the weight of death, 
struggling with the weight of um, not being content and constantly desiring. And that's not a good life. That's not um, the life that God has for us. And we know for everybody, the grave is the end. Um, unless Christ comes again, we know that our end is death. And Solomon here is talking about how um, the child who passes away and dies, they get rest before the one who lives maybe a thousand years and is constantly seeking and is constantly desiring these things. Um, we know at the end that we have rest. We know at the end that we will be restored back to God. Um, we will be not back to God because Christ did that in, in his death, but, but, but restored to a perfect creation when Christ returns. Um, and that when we die, we will, we will find rest. Um, we will be in his heavenly home, right? Um, so Solomon's getting at that about how death is at the end. Um, it's a hard truth to kind of settle with because we know that death separates and um, we were not supposed to be separated um, with one another. We were not supposed to be separated with God. And yet in sin, the, the price of our sin, because we sin, our punishment in a sense, what we have to pay is death. Um, and so we all will die. That's the reality that we all experience. Um, and on this side of heaven, before our end day comes, no matter how many, how many years it is, um, our flesh will never be satisfied. If we constantly are seeking for the things that our flesh desires and our flesh wants, it's never going to be satisfied. I mean, think about all the times that you've wanted something or all the times that you have been so thankful for what you've had. And then there's a little piece in the back of your mind like, but it would be really nice if I had this. But it'd be really nice if I wasn't going through this. But it'd be really nice if this thing would just go away. I think that's a daily struggle. I know there's so many times I am so thankful for so many things. And there's this one thing that I would love to change. Our flesh, my heart, will never be satisfied if I am seeking after these worldly things. Right? Your heart will never be satisfied. Um... So Solomon is saying it's better to be content with what we have. It's better to be thankful for what we have, to not desire the things that our flesh constantly wants. Um, and he doesn't make this connection in the text. Um, but what does satisfy? Um, who gives meaning to our life, right? We know, even though we struggle, that we, we sometimes feel as if our life is meaningless um, because sin is all around us, because chaos is just swarming um, in our lives when we are filled with pain, emotional pain, physical pain. Um, when we struggle through these things, who gives meaning to it, right? At the end, it says, for who knows what is good for man while he lives the few days of his vain life? which he passes like a shadow. It's quick. It's a quick life. For who can tell man what will be after him under the sun? Well, there's an answer to that. It's God, right? Solomon's wrestling with these things, but, but we can look through that and see, oh, 
God knows what is good for the man while I live here under the sun. I know what's going to happen after my days under the sun. And that's going to be heaven. Christ came because you were worth dying for. Christ came because he loves you so much. He wants you to be saved. He didn't want this sin to be the thing that separates us for all eternity. Christ came so that you would not be separated from God, but you would be restored to him. The price of your sin, the price of the sin of the world is death. We will all experience that. We've all experienced death at one point in our lives, I'm sure. And it's hard. It's really hard. And sickness is hard and pain is hard. Though we can go through these things with hope. We can see that glimmer of light shining through knowing that when death comes, Christ is there. He's meeting us because he's already paid for it. I mean, it's already been taken care of. Christ died for our sins so we would not be separated by God. And his death just encapsulated so much. Not just so that our sins would be forgiven, but that we wouldn't experience eternal death, but eternal life. That we wouldn't be separated by God. Your sins are forgiven. And that's like a ticket. Because of what Christ has done, you have been given a ticket of salvation. You are saved. We can go through these things with hope. Um, it's still hard. I mean, I'm not going to say, oh, now don't, don't wrestle with these things. Don't, um, now you don't have a reason to think that my life is meaningless because there's going to be times where in our sin and the brokenness of this world, we're going to struggle. So when we struggle, when we feel as though life in general is meaningless or your life is meaningless, please go talk to a trusted friend who will encourage you and sit with you. Please find Maria. Please find myself. Please find one of the pastors, a brother and sister in Christ, who will sit with you, who will struggle with these same things as you. But someone who's maybe outside of the maze looking in and can offer hope and can offer encouragement <coughs> and remind you that you are worth dying for. And remind you that Christ loves you so much that he has forgiven all the sins of the world, including your sins. And that he has taken care of death. It's in his hands. It's not in our hands. It's in his hands. And he has us. And, and throughout life, our life is so meaningful. Because he loves us so much, we're able to go and care for others. We're able to serve one another. And we're able to tell other people about this hope so that they may no longer struggle with thinking life is meaningless, but see that life is meaningful, that there's a greater purpose and plan for them and that God has them in his hands. Everything that we talk about, God has them in his hands. You're in his hands. The whole world's in his hands. Death is in his hands. And we can kind of let go and and give it to him and and be reminded that he gives us a lot of gifts and we are so thankful for all of them. Um, and that we will find rest one day. And that our friends and our family who are struggling, they will find rest one day. And we pray that they have this hope. And, um, and I pray for you as you share this hope with others. Um, that they may have open hearts to hear it. That you may have an open heart to hear it. About how loved and forgiven and saved you are. Because of what Christ has done on the cross for you. And he defeated all of it when he rose from the dead. Very cool. 
Will you guys pray with me? Dear God, thank you so much for the meaning that you give to our lives. Um, I pray that you be with us through the hard days. Um, it's easy to see you in the good days, and it's sometimes challenging to see you in the hard days when we wrestle with big things like this. Um, I pray that you be with us, that we see your presence, that we have people who can come near us and next to us and sit with us and remind us of the goodness and the grace that you give to us, um, that you expect nothing from us, but that you have given us this gift of faith. And we pray that we can go share this gift of faith so that others who feel like life is meaningless can see the hope that we have, the meaning that we have, because we are so loved that you think that we are worth dying for that we are worth saving, that we are worth forgiving. May we remember that always. It's in your name we pray. Amen. God's peace be with you this weekend. Bye.